Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, May 12th, 2023. It's about 215 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Larry Johnson joins us again this week. Larry, it's a pleasure. Thank you uh, Thank for you, coming Josh. back here. You you have recently, I mean, this should be front page news, but I'll let you explain it. You have recently unearthed some information due to the um, dogged uh, research by our former colleague, Catherine Herridge, with whom you've worked in the past, and I was pleased to work at Fox, and due to your extraordinary knowledge of firearms concerning the Jack Deshera case. Just to remind everybody, Jack Deshera is the 21-year-old. And the reason I have to remind everybody is because this isn't in the news anymore because it's such a black eye to the government. We'll get to that in a minute. But Jack Deshera is the 21-year-old Massachusetts National Guardsman whom the government claims is the sole source for the release of classified documents, the authenticity and accuracy of which the government has yet to challenge and which reveal, among other things, the government's belief that Ukraine is seriously and badly losing this war and that in another three weeks in early June, Ukraine's um, air defenses will be degraded down to zero. Okay, that's who Jack Teixeira is. He's locked up uh, without bail. A judge is trying to decide whether or not he should get bail. And the government is making an argument, which you'll explain to us. And then you can tell us how absurd and without evidence the government's argument is. Sure. The the, the pictures that emerged uh, out of the, you know, when he's brought into court and the government laid out its case. And one of the things he introduced into evidence was, oh, judge, we found in his bedroom, he had all this military gear, all this, and they specifically mentioned army fatigues, a gas mask, and a weapons cache. I think they used was, the word arsenal, didn't they? Yes, and, and weapons cache. So that's not like one isolated firearm. And, and so, you know, I remember reading that, seeing that, reading it from Catherine's report, and thinking, oh boy, they're, they're going all out to, to get this kid. All right, what are we looking <laughs> then, at now? Is that his bedroom? Uh, yeah, that, that's, his, that's his bedroom. And laid out there on the table in front are some of that, the, that cache of weapons. Well, if, if everybody will notice, at the very tip, they have orange, they have an orange tip on the barrel. Well, that means it's an airsoft firearm. It's not a real gun. It does not fire bullets. It's a toy. It is the kind of thing that 18, 19, 20 year olds, somewhat some little older, they dress up in military gear. 
they get these uh, these guns shoot what is basically a round plastic uh, capsule, and it you know if you don't have glasses on, yeah, it could cause some eye damage if it hits you in the eye. Uh, you know, just like the Christmas story, you know, get shot in the eye with a BB gun. But otherwise, uh, it's gonna it could leave a bruise. It doesn't kill. It is not a deadly weapon. And yet, here's the government lying. They absolutely lied about this young man. And it's it's either incompetence on the part of the FBI or it is just absolute criminal activity on their part to completely misrepresent what this was. Are Remember these, this are, are these guns since they're toys, do you even have to uh get a permit to own them and register no. them at the state? You buy them at a toy store. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the people that sell these, they are required by law to make sure that if they sell them, they have to have that orange tip because they are designed to be very, they look very realistic. And you could see, so, you know, there have been instances where kids with these, these firearms in hand or these, I call them faux firearms, um, have been shot and killed by police because the police mistakenly took them for a real firearm. So you know, like it's a whole nother issue. Should you have toys like this? But the fact of the matter is these particular faux firearms are designed for guys that like to dress up in military gear, run around in the woods, shoot at each other, playing combat without running any risk of their uh, losing their life or being maimed. So the FBI sent about 25 agents but they looked like soldiers i don't know if we still have the picture of that arrest gary but they sent about 25 of these guys in military gear carrying automatic weapons not semi-automatic automatic yeah. weapons the fbi guys show up at his house with machine guns you would think they would have done a search first with the massachusetts authorities to see what he owned and would have come up with zero yeah well, and what the, 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 FBI the FBI honestly believe that these things were real AR 15s and AR 17s and AK. One of them looks like an AK 47 with that bent, uh, yeah, it is. Russian guns. It is. No, it is. A, it is a, a AK 47 replica. Uh, the people that arrested that went on scene in the military gear that uh, took, took Sarah, they're part of the FBI SWAT team. Uh, so they are specifically designed for that mission. The ones who actually went into his house to investigate that found the weapons cache, those are those are regular agents who aren't walking around in that kind of military gear. And there's only two conclusions, Judge. Either they deliberately lied to the judge about the nature of those firearms or the not the faux firearms, or they're so damn stupid they didn't understand that they were not real weapons. Now, oh, I'm not sure... Which of those Larry, is which is which is worse, stupidity yeah. or lying? And you're talking about serious lying. You're not yes. talking about was it five after two or was it six after two? You're talking about lies told in federal court to a federal judge used to incarcerate an innocent person. He's innocent till proven guilty. Correct. Yeah. And so in my book, the line's worse than stupidity. You can correct stupidity with education, but you can't correct this kind of moral corruption. And okay. that's what's at stake here because they're painting this kid as a terrorist and he's anything but. In fact, once you were going, once they had, uh, admitted that they found army gear in his room, 
the kids in the Air Force, they don't, they don't wear army fatigues. So that was further evidence in my book that he was one of these weekend warriors that would play airsoft combat. He would dress up in the army gear. That was also the purpose of what they called the gas mask. It's a face protector. You put it over your face so you don't get punched in the, you know, hit in the mouth with one of those paintballs, essentially, is what they're shooting. So here's the question. Why? What, why has the government painted this 24-year-old kid as the sole person responsible for the distribution of top-secret documents, documents prepared for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, documents the, authentic the authenticity of which and the accuracy of which the government has never challenged? Why are they blaming him? And why such a heavy push on him? The role of the scapegoat judge, it goes back centuries. You know, you've got to find somebody to put the blame on so that the people who are actually bearing the heaviest responsibility avoid that blame. The reality is within the U.S. intelligence community, they have enough systems and capabilities in place to monitor this kind of unusual activity. And in fact, there is some evidence that's appeared at least in the in, uh, newspaper reports that the British and, and the NSA, the, so the British GCHQ, which we've talked about before, and their U.S. equivalent, NSA, actually had identified this prior to the, the alleged discovery of the leaks. And so that this was being monitored and nothing was done. Where was his chain of command? This kid was not in there by himself. He had both non-commissioned officers and commissioned officers supposed to su supervise and monitor what he was doing. There was a, a complete breakdown of the system. And when you look at what this kid was doing, it is pretty clear to me now, he was not out acting on behalf of any foreign country. He was just showing off for some friends, he, making he, himself look like a big man. Correct. He wasn't even uh, a Daniel Ellsberg or a Julian Assange or a, a right. Bradley slash Chelsea Manning who did it for ideological reasons, who who believe that the government had committed war crimes and the public had the right to know about it. He's just yeah. boasting how dumb this was, boasting to a chat room filled with people that he didn't even know, that he had never even met. That, that's the, 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 the limited crowd uh, to which he was being uh, boastful. And the government and, and that, wants to paint him as the sole person of all. I'm still scratching right. my head. You went well, to war to get your top secret security clearance. Phil Giraldi did. Scott Ritter did. Colonel McGregor did. Almost everybody I know did. How did a 21-year-old get that kind of top secret security clearance? And he's a week, literally a weekend warrior, literally just doing this on weekends. Yeah, yeah. No, this is, it raises a lot more questions because the, the timing of the leak as well. This chat room was not out pushing it on the internet. They were not circulating it on other platforms. In fact, the, the discoverers of it, the Bellingcat, that organization, direct ties to British intelligence. That's not a coincidence. In fact, the intelligence community probably could have shut this down, hushed it up, covered it up, and, and taken quiet action without making this a, uh, you know, a major news story, at least for a week or so. And this kid now is the scapegoat. Uh, I, I, really, I really hope that he's got some decent... Uh, legal counsel, because they ought to be in there uh, just standing in front of the judge demanding 
that this uh, complaint filed by the Department of Justice be taken down because it's a lie. It you, is false. Uh, you uh, were the first person Judging Freedom went to uh, when the news broke about this. And your initial reaction, Larry, I'm, I think I'm quoting you precisely. This was a controlled leak. Do right. you still believe that? And if you do, controlled by whom? Uh, it's, it, I do believe it's controlled. And I, I think it's elements within not, not just the U.S. intelligence community, but people connected as, as well to the Brits. Uh, here we go with the Brits again. But uh, the fact that cats involved with it, that U.S. intelligence organization, that is a that's a group that has had long-standing ties with British intelligence and been a mouthpiece, a, a tool that they've used uh, as part of their overall covert action operations. I um, hope that somehow the information that you've developed that we've just discussed, that this is breaking news, Larry, I haven't seen it anywhere else gets to yeah, his that, lawyers. I am hoping that his lawyers are uh, security clearance qualified uh, because they'll know the significance of this immediately. They should be before that judge this afternoon, as soon as your piece was published. I think you published it last night, which is when I saw it. Um, and this information should be given to the judge immediately. And I would go after those prosecutors as aggressively as I could. I'd look them in the eye and yeah. say, these guys lied to you, judge. My client should be free this afternoon. They lied to yeah. you. They stood in this courtroom and told you this was a real assault weapon, whereas in reality, it's a glorified water pistol. Yeah. You know, the, the trying to paint him as a right-wing extremist terrorist in the making, because that's the, that's the storyline, the narrative that they're pushing, and that right. is a lie. You know, what, what this kid was a, someone who played games. He was still 21 years old, and he was playing drug-up games with airsoft rifles, and in the process, mishandled, grossly mishandled, uh, allegedly, classified information. But I believe he was being used as a tool because the timing of that information and, and the nature of what was leaked, they could have, the intelligence community had the power to shut it down without that exposure, and they chose not to. Do you think someone put it on his computer and he just thought that he had access to it? Someone who knew of his proclivity to share with his friends this type of information? Sure. I mean, how would a controlled leak work, Larry? Well, what, what happens is, so he was part of the unit, and I've, I've since learned that uh, everybody in that unit actually had these kinds of clearances or this kind of access. But that said... There is also the ability of people outside that organization that could actually monitor what the activity was, monitor what they were doing, and also in a position to monitor what was being printed, what was being down or you know offloaded on the, from that computer. So this was they they were not just in, in uh, total isolation up there, and that's why I think somebody was aware of his activities, and he became a convenient tool for letting this information out without exposing the fact that there were other interests in the intelligence community uh, that were wanted the messaging out that, hey, the war in Ukraine's not going, as we're being told by the likes of Austin and Millie. Well, uh, we have you, Larry. I'd like to switch gears uh, a few minutes uh, for a minute. Yesterday, 
uh, on judging freedom, we interviewed someone you and I know and, and uh, respect, Scott Horton of antiwar.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked Scott, what is the goal of the neocons? What do they really hope to accomplish with this war, particularly in light of what we now learned from the documents that they blame Teixeira for revealing is their own view uh, that Ukraine is losing. I want you to watch and listen to what I think is a pretty damn a sharp summary of how the other side thinks. They clearly think that they're getting the better end of this, that they're bogging Russia down and bleeding them to bankruptcy. But of course, we're spending north of $100 billion on this effort ourselves. But they've said all along that what they want to do is just keep the war going as long as possible. And in fact, if you go back to the beginning of the war, everybody assumed, even the Ukrainian military assumed, the American spies and everyone else assumed that the Russians were going to roll right over their army and that we were going to be backing an Afghan style insurgency all along. That was plan A. So plan B was, oh, great. The military is able to continue to stand and fend the Russians off for all this time. We'll continue to pour all the weapons we can into them to keep that going as long as possible. But then that raises the real question is if and when the Russians are able to essentially completely smash and rout the Ukrainian military, it's still a land the size of Texas. And I don't think they want to take the western half of it but then if they don't that leaves a rump ukrainian state led by right-wing nationalists allied with nato and armed to the teeth that i presume that that is nato's plan that even if let's say the ukrainian army falls apart tomorrow they'll go back to plan a and try to keep this thing going until putin has to resign in disgrace pretty good summary don't you think Yes, though, you know, he, he's, he's correct at this. I call it the fantasy of the Afghan insurgency, because it's true that the United States had some success uh, with uh, promoting and, and arming insurgents in Afghanistan, the Muj- various Islamic factions, the Mujahideen, and weakening the Russian, the, the Soviet invasion in Afghanistan. But, but the people pushing that they don't understand is number one, the left Ukrainian next to a Russian, you can't tell the difference, number one. Number two, yes, a little bit of a language difference, but more people will speak Russian than speak Ukrainian. Number three, from a cultural standpoint, the Russians are very well equipped to conduct counterinsurgency efforts. They did it in Chechnya in their own country. It was a bloody battle for about four years from 2004 to 2009, uh, but they prevailed. They wiped out an Islamic insurgency in Chechnya. And remember, that's the that's where these uh, the Sarnia brothers came from, the ones who did the Boston Marathon bombing. So right. Russia's had experience with that. And I, I think the neocons, because uh, uh, remember, a lot of them come from a, a Ukrainian heritage. They come out of their, their, fam- their parents or grandparents are exiles from that. They hate They just have a visceral hatred of Russia. And there's no reasoning with them. There's no ability to explain that the Russia of today is the Russia of 30, 40 years ago when it was a communist Soviet state. How did, here's something that um, stuck in my brain as I listened to Scott and, and played this over and over again, what he said initially. How did American intel get it so wrong uh, as to advise the president, well, unless, again, this is another example of telling him just what they think he wants to hear, 
that Russia was going to march right through to Kiev, and this would be over in two weeks. Yeah, I don't recall anybody, the, the people I was talking to at the time did not necessarily believe that that was going to happen. There was actually some puzzlement because they, they saw that Russia was sending in all this old equipment that none of their brand new equipment, most modern tanks, modern planes, et cetera, that that wasn't being employed. So there was a lot of head scratching going on in the intelligence community early on in that in that period because they didn't really under they didn't listen to Putin. They did not listen to the Russian generals because the, the, the Russians made it very clear what they were embarking on. We're going to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. We're not going to run a maneuver battle where we're taking big swaths of territory. We're not going to be running with a multi-million man army. Right. We're going to a, a war of attrition that we're going to end the military that Ukraine poses and really by, by um, also in the process, take out NATO. And that's exactly what's happening. Hey, Larry, thank, uh, uh, thank you so much for this. Uh, thank you for the reporting uh, on the air guns, and thanks for your uh, analysis on, uh, on the war itself. I got to ask you one last question. In light of that analysis that you and I believe uh, is accurate, in light of um, the failure to challenge the accuracy of the documents that they say Teixeira uh, released, what to make of, and I've been criticized for picking on her, but she deserves to be picked on, what to make of Victoria Newland's nonsense that it's time, I can't even say it with a straight face, it's time for the Russians to, it's time for the Ukrainians to invade Crimea and for the United mm -hmm. States to support the invasion. I mean, this is truly the most absurd statement made by anybody in the American government of which I'm aware in this entire war. Well, we, we should probably help teach the Ukrainians some Japanese so they can do a proper bonsai suicide charge as they go into Crimea because they'll be wiped out. You know, this this lack of care and concern for the human beings in Ukraine, these Ukrainians who are being sent to the slaughter because the United States is completely enabling this. Uh, you know, that is also, in my view, criminal. It's immoral. And Victoria Newland bears a lot. She's got a lot of blood on her hands over this. Larry, always a pleasure. We look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thank you so much, my dear friend. Thank you, Judge. Have a great weekend. You as well. More as we get at Hot Topics coming up in about five or ten minutes, and some of these are really hot. Did you know that a federal judge just enjoined the Department of Homeland Security from letting immigrants over the border and running free? Back when we have it. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom.